Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Today is Friday, January 24th. I was a bit concerned that I wouldn't have much to talk about today, seeing as the Bruins are uh, off uh, as a result of the All-Star break and also their bye week. Many of the guys are off in, um, yeah, hot destinations. Vacationing with their families, Bruce Cassidy and David Pasternak are in St. Louis for the All-Star break. But thank you to the wonders of the internet. Uh, There's a few things that uh, I wanted to get to today. So uh, we're going to break down the Professional Hockey Raiders Association Midseason Awards, give you my choices uh, for those awards, and also debunk some Bruins rumors that are out there. And then finally, take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. But first, I wanted to remind you that uh, you can subscribe to, download, listen, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts for you iPhone listeners out there. Android listeners can use Pocket Casts. That's what I use. It's a great app. Um, Or Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, wherever you get podcasts. Locked on Boston Bruins can be found. Please rate and review if you have some time today. It's been a while since I got fresh feedback, so that would be much appreciated. You can also find me at ENCMcLaren on Twitter.com and uh, follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I think that's it for the preamble for today. So let's get into uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association Mid-season award winners, which were announced uh, yesterday morning. Uh, You probably saw some uh, Twitter feedback about these awards. I personally am not um, huge on NHL awards. It can be uh, somewhat biased voting, uh, very uh, subjective in some ways. You wouldn't think so because, um, you know, there's certain ones that obviously have to go to certain players. Rashard goes to top goal scorer. Uh, Art Ross goes to top points. Uh, Norris Trophy, there's debate as to whether, you know, it goes to the highest scoring defenseman or, um, you know, better defensive defenseman. Supposed to be the one who demonstrates greatest all-around ability at the position. Um, you know, there's just some debate as to the merits of these awards and the voting process. Um, and how transparent it is, but uh, we'll go through each of the major awards and then I'll give you who I think uh, should win up to this point. Um, so we'll start with, we can, well, first of all, there's the comeback player of the year award. It's given to the player who returned to a previous high level of performance that was interrupted by subpar play, long-term injury or major illness. The uh, three finalists were Max Pacioretty, Anthony Duclair and William Nylander had the most votes. Now, Nylander, you know, he had some subpar play last year, but that was mostly due to not signing a contract, missing training camp, and missing the first couple months of the season. So not really a great comeback story in my mind. Um, Anthony Duclair, I think, is a great comeback story, seeing as though his old coach, John Tortorella in Columbus, said he basically could not play hockey anymore. Um From what we know about Connor McDavid's injury and his decision not to have surgery and just how major that knee injury was and the fact that he now leads the league in scoring, 
I don't know if that was, I think that was uh, revealed after the voting process. So that might change. I think uh, I would tend to give him some votes for that as well. But Neil Ander, I'm not really down with. Duclair, uh, for my money, would be the comeback player of the year. He's an all-star. He's got, what, 18, 20 goals, uh, something like that at the all-star break. 21 goals through 47 games. Uh, so he's a great story in my mind. I'd give him the comeback player of the year, uh, seeing as he was pretty much jettisoned from the Blue Jackets and told by his old coach that he was basically uh, worthless. So, um, yeah, Jack Adams Award to the coach adjudged to have contributed the most to his team's success. Right now, Mike Sullivan is first, Pittsburgh Penguins. John Tortorella, Columbus Blue Jackets, is second. Craig Berube of the St. Louis Blues in third. Uh, no love for our boy Bruce Cassidy, who is an all-star coach this weekend, uh, guiding the Atlantic Division. Um, obviously, I would give him a vote if I had a vote uh, because the Bruins are second overall. Um, I don't know. They overcame emotional loss. I've been dealing with some significant injuries this season. They've lost Bergeron for some time, Krejci for some time, Tori Krug, now Tuka Rask. Um, so I give him some love. I'd, I think I'd put Tortorella over Sullivan at this point. I know the Penguins have had a rash of injuries. Uh, they were the best team from December through to almost the All-Star break without Sidney Crosby in the lineup, which is pretty ridiculous. However, the fact that the Blue Jackets are a playoff team having lost Bobrovsky, having lost Panarin, having lost Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, some others as well. Um, yeah, just an amazing story in my mind. One of the best stories in hockey uh, at this point in the season is just the way that they have not only remained afloat, but are a playoff team having lost all those guys. So I would um, think that is a credit to John Tortorella. And, um, yeah, I'd put him over, I think. But Sullivan is a worthy candidate as well. Vesna Trophy, we have Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, Ben Bishop of the Dallas Stars, and Darcy Kemper of the um, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, if we look at the goalie leaderboard, we see that uh, the wins leader right now is Andre Vasilevsky, uh, followed by Jordan Bennington. Frederick Anderson, and then Connor Hellebuck, uh, who's fallen off a bit as of late. Safe percentage leaders among guys with uh, at least, let's say, 20 starts right now. Uh, Tristan Jari from the um, Pittsburgh Penguins, actually, is at 929 through 25 appearances. Darcy Kemper, also 929. So he's uh, certainly a worthy candidate. I'd say Hellebuck has fallen off a bit as of late. Uh, he's 15th right now in save percentage uh, at 917. He's been carrying a huge workload this season. Uh, he and Carey Price are the only goalies that have hit 40 appearances. Frederick Anderson, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, close behind as well uh, in the high 30s. Um, I don't know. This one's a bit of a toss-up in my mind. Um, I'd say Kemper, yeah, I don't know. Kemper doesn't really have the amount of wins. Obviously, he's been hurt as of late. 
Um, Andre Vasilevsky is really coming on lately with the wins and a high save percentage. So this one to me is a bit of a toss up. I think we need some more time to really figure out who's going to take this award. I don't think Hellebuck really is in the lead anymore as the Jets have tailed off lately. His play hasn't held up behind uh, some porous defense. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one's a toss up. Ben Bishop, it really is in line to perhaps uh, retain his award. He's got a 927 save percentage. Um, our boy Tuka Rask is, you know, 17, 4, and 6 with a 925 save percentage. If he gets some more starts uh, down the stretch, he could uh, join that race as well. And I really think he should get some more love in this race uh, as well. So, Vesna, really big toss up. Lady Bing, I don't really care about, but I thought it was. Hilarious slash disturbing that Austin Matthews was named as uh, being second in this race behind Nathan McKinnon. It's given to the player a judge to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. You know, I'll give him maybe the sportsmanship and the high standard of playing ability, but the gentlemanly conduct, I'm not sure if that is reserved for on the ice but if we're looking at on and off the ice obviously there's a huge question mark with austin matthews seeing as though he had been facing a lawsuit for some very ungentlemanly behavior last summer uh, where in a drunken uh bit of quote-unquote fun he harassed a security guard in her car by knocking on her car window and pulling down his pants so for him to be in that um, conversation is pretty stupid, and uh, I would not be voting for him if I had a vote. Calder Trophy runaway winner right now is Kale McCarr. I don't think there's really any debate there, although um, Quinn Hughes is also um, making a bit of a case, as is Ilya Samsonov of the Washington Capitals, but you know, um, just based on rookie scoring, Cal McCarr, defenseman, he has 37 points through 41 games. Victor Olofsson of the Buffalo Sabres with 35 points. And Quinn Hughes, defenseman with the Vancouver Canucks, 34 points. Right now, I'd give it to Quinn Hughes. Uh, uh, sorry, Cal McCarr with Quinn Hughes, Olofsson uh, coming in behind. Uh, that's what it is right now, and I think that's pretty fair. Selkie Trophy, our man Patrice Bergeron is second right now behind Sean Couturier and ahead of Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, you know, I've maintained for a while that Sean Couturier and Alexander Barkov uh, are going to be the next perennial candidates for this award. I think Barkov should get some more love. Uh, Bergeron still a very strong two-way player, but these younger guys are really catching up to him and uh, will be uh, winners either this year or in the future. Um, so, you know, it's a credit to Bergeron that he's still in this conversation, but I don't know if he'll win it this year or moving forward. Uh, he's had a great run, obviously, and uh, it's a credit to his, uh, yeah, high level of play that he's still in this conversation. Norris Trophy, we have John Carlson, Roman Yossi, and Dougie Hamilton. Uh, John Carlson, clearly uh, the top choice in my mind right now. 
Uh, he leads all defensemen uh, with, uh, let's see here, what's he at? 60 points through 49 games, averaging 1.22 points per game. He's also playing really well in his own zone. Roman Yossi has 48 points through 47 games. Um, so he's also above a uh, point per game average. Dougie Hamilton obviously just had that grave injury that will knock him out of the race. Um, and I really think it's Carlson's to lose as it seems to have been since day one. Hurt Trophy. Connor McDavid is the winner at midseason, followed by Nathan McKinnon and our boy David Pasternak getting some third place love. Um, McKinnon, uh, sorry, McDavid obviously having a wonderful season. He leads the league in scoring with 76 points through 49 games, 1.55 point per game average. Um, you know, Leon Dreisaitl is second with 75 points, a 1.53 point per game average. Both of those guys really carrying the Oilers. I think in my mind, uh, McKinnon uh, should get the win here. The Avalanche were uh, just hit by a barrage of serious injuries early the season with Gabriel Landeskog out. Uh, Mika Rantanen got hurt. Uh, they've had issues with their goaltending, being healthy and consistent. But he has been a stable force for this team. And, um, you know, he's third with uh, 72 points, 1.47 goals, sorry, points per game. And, you know, McDavid is a special player. He's arguably, I'd say he's the best player in the league right now. Um, the fact that Dry settles up there, I don't know if Vorders will hold that against him. The fact that they have that two-headed monster there, uh, or if, you know, it's dry side. I'll be more carried by McDavid, uh, but uh, Colorado is a better team. Uh, there's no one close to McKinnon in terms of team scoring at the moment. And they are second in the central behind the St. Louis blues. Overall, Colorado is um, seventh. Uh, so I think if I was voting, I'd give my votes to uh, Nathan McKinnon at the moment. That's a quick look at the midseason award winners according to the uh, PHWA and my feedback on that. If you disagree or agree, hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. We usually do some news and notes to end the show, but there's a few specific Bruins rumors that I wanted to address. Uh, You may have seen me tweet uh, about this this morning. Um, so here's the thing. When I was working at the score, a big part of my job was news aggregation. And that involved um, assessing and discerning which reports were worth um, writing up and were actually newsworthy. And through that, I did that for about five years. And you really get a sense of who can be trusted, who's kind of throwing um, shit at the wall and hoping that it will stick. Um, This morning, I was on SpectresHockey.net, which I usually go to to get a a good uh, look around at rumors of the day. And I saw the headline, who could the Bruins target in the trade market and could Charlie McAvoy become trade bait? I immediately laughed out loud. 
and opened it up and it was a article from Boston Hockey Now. And uh, basically Jimmy Murphy recently reported an NHL scout texted him saying, don't be surprised if the Bruins move Charlie McAvoy. Other sources say the young defenseman isn't being shopped, but apparently there's growing speculation McAvoy could be used by general manager Don Sweeney to make a statement trade to add a young scoring winger with term remaining on his contract. Uh, Spectre's note was that he'd be surprised if the Bruins traded McAvoy, who was re-signed last summer to a cap-friendly three-year contract. Um, if Sweeney wanted to make a significant move, swapping McAvoy for scoring forward would certainly do it. Uh, that type of move doesn't really happen during the season. And quite frankly, it's laughable to even suggest this as a possibility. McAvoy is in the first year of a three-year deal worth $4.9 million. He doesn't have... Um, any goals to his credit. Let's get that out of the way. We all know that he um, has, uh, let's see here, 17 points through 48 games. So his scoring isn't where we want it to be, but um, he has become the kind of top pairing defenseman that the Bruins envisioned him becoming when they drafted him. Um, What was it? 14th overall back in 2016. He's only 22 years old. Um, You know, the puck luck hasn't been there, but he's a positive possession player for this team at five on five. He's logging heavy minutes in all situations um, against top competition. And to suggest that Charlie McAvoy would be traded for a scoring winger is um, just completely laughable when you look at a guy like Anthony Duclair who was acquired by the Senators for basically nothing he's now scoring 22 goals you can get scoring wingers relatively easily uh, in this league a top pairing defenseman uh, potential franchise defenseman do not come along every day and Charlie McAvoy should be a Bruin for the rest of his career Um, again going back to what I said about uh, sources, who you can trust, who you can't trust. Um, I doubt Jimmy Murphy will be listening to this, but with all due respect, I don't really see that as an option. And um, to quote one random unnamed NHL scout um, is, you know, that's not really going to do it for me. It doesn't push the needle in terms of believability or reliability. And if that were to happen, quite frankly, I would be, um, flabbergasted to say the least. Uh, the Dougie Hamilton situation, you could argue, oh, that was a time when the Bruins had a potential franchise defenseman on their hands. They decided to trade him. That was before he had signed his RFA contract. The Bruins have McAvoy locked up for three years, including this season. There's really no um, reason to believe there's any internal strife there that he doesn't want to be here like Hamilton uh, felt um, that he can't handle the pressure of playing in Boston. So um, yeah, I don't really see that happening and I would be uh, shocked and quite frankly enraged if, uh, if Don Sweeney actually made that move. Um, Moving up a bit, 
in terms of reliability, we have uh, Joe Haggerty suggesting uh, Chris Kreider, Tyler Toffoli are among the top six forward trade options for the Bruins. He also mentions Cal Palmieri, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot as um, guys the Bruins could target. Again, this isn't really news. This is kind of names that have been bandied about uh, quite a bit in recent weeks, uh, even months. Um, I don't know. Palmieri is probably the best target uh, since he's under contract next season. And if you're going to give up assets, then you might as well uh, have some control in terms of contract like the Bruins did last year with uh, Charlie Coyle. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday the Bruins traded um, a first a defensive prospect and Ryan Spooner for Rick Nash. That might be the same cost for a guy like Chris Kreider. Um, the Bruins could look to add a defenseman as well as a top six forward. Uh, Nick Goss of NBC Sports, he mentions guys like Alec Martinez, Brendan Dillon, Sammy Vatanen, Ron Hainsey, and Eric Gustafson. Uh, I don't think Gustafson will be on the market as he's a pretty valuable uh, player in uh, the future for the Blackhawks. And I really think they're showcasing some of these younger players like we saw with Jeremy Lozon, like we saw uh, with, we might see with Vakanainen coming up here as guys who could maybe fill that internally and the Bruins don't have to give up those assets. So again, there's some obvious needs that the Bruins have. Bring a winger, but sacrificing uh, Charlie McAvoy to acquire that would be uh, ridiculous. Um, Hags, the names he mentions, are uh, more viable and cheaper options, but uh, they won't come very cheap. The Bruins will have to consider whether or not they want to trade a first-round pick, uh, whether or not they want to part with some of these um, promising young defensemen or forwards, and uh, whether or not a roster player like Danton Heinen, for example, might be on the market um, to part ways with in order to upgrade uh, scoring forward. Um, so, yeah, the trade deadline is exactly one month away today. Um, I thought it was interesting. Pierre Lebrun had an article on The Athletic today kind of going through all 31 teams and what they uh, might do prior to the deadline. Uh, let's just see again what he wrote about the Bruins. Basically, he writes, hindsight being twenty twenty, the Bruins probably should have gone after Kovalchuk now that we've seen what he did. he's doing with the Canadians. To be fair, are we convinced Kovalchuk would have had the exact same impact in Boston? Well, that's difficult to say. Uh, the Canadians' lineup was pretty depleted when he arrived, and he really got you know first-line minutes, top power play time. That probably wouldn't have been the case uh, in Boston per se. He probably would have been second line, second power play unit. Uh, so to say that he'd be averaging a point per game for the Bruins, uh, probably not realistic, but I think he still would have been an upgrade over what they have right now in terms of scoring, um, surrendering assets, flipping a pick to the Canadians to grab him now wouldn't be a good look, I don't think. And uh, that's what LeBron says as well. Uh, LeBron adds he believes in Sweeney's ability to find a top nine forward before the deadline. 
he had Coyle and Johansson last year, Rick Nash a couple of years ago. Um, you know, that Sweeney was able to add those two players last year without giving up a first round pick was, was really good work. Uh, he mentions Tyler DeFoley as a decent second line fit. Um, Chris Kreider would look great in a Bruins uniform. I think we all agree with that. He's a left-hand shot. So that kind of takes away from the need at, uh, on the second line there. Um, and then obviously there's still some questions about what's going to happen with Bacchus and how much cap space, uh, will be cleared based on what he decides to do. Uh, if he decides to retire or there's a mutual contract termination, the Bruins will gain some valuable cap space by removing his 6 million salary. I th- believe that could happen if he declines the assignment and just agrees to, yeah, become a UFA. Um, if he accepts the AHL demotion, he'll still be on the books as we all know. Um, so yeah, a month to go, some questions around what the Bruins will be able to do, uh, who they'll go after, but it's safe to say Charlie McAvoy will not be part of that. And if he is, um, you know, I don't know what I would do, but it, it would not be pretty. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time, will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners. A Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Lock- local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Some other news and notes from around the NHL to wrap up today. Um, Let's see. There's some rumbling still out of New York and Toronto about the uh, Maple Leafs looking to add Alexander Georgiev. Um, The Avalanche are also believed to be in there. Larry Brooks of the New York Post's says if the uh, Rangers don't improve and don't remain in the playoff hunt over the next several weeks, uh, Georgiev, uh, possibly uh, Kreider, Tony D'Angelo, Ryan Strom uh, could hit the trade block. Those guys are all uh, free agents at the end of this season, uh, D'Angelo being restricted, I believe. Um, You know, uh, there seems to be a bidding war for Georgiev services, and it looks like they're looking for a... uh, top nine winger with potential top six upside. The, the, sorry, the Maple Leafs do have a plethora of talented young forwards. Uh, whether or not they want to part with any of those uh, remains to be seen. And um, yeah, they could really use some help there to offset Anderson's workload down the stretch and also to, um, yeah, just, make use of a backup as they haven't really been able to do so far 
this season. Uh, I mentioned yesterday that uh, the NHL All-Stars competition will go tonight. There's some uh, participants that have been announced in case you're interested in that. Uh, David Pasternak will be taking part in the... um, He won't be defending his uh, shot accuracy title, which he won last year. He'll be in the Gatorade NHL Shooting Stars event. It's a new event this year where players will be positioned on an elevated platform behind the goal, approximately 30 feet above the ice surface, where they will shoot pucks at a variety of targets located on the ice with each target possessing different point values. Um, You know, each player will attempt seven shots and earn points for each target hit. Um, Players that do not hit a target will earn no points. And there's a bunch of rules about ricochets and... uh, I don't know. It seems confusing. It'll be fun to watch in practice, I guess. And uh, we'll see if it works or if it uh, kind of falls flat. Obviously, there'll be the hardest shot competition, which Zdeno Chara still holds the record in. We'll see if anybody can take that away from him. Uh, The women's three-on-three should be very entertaining with Canadian All-Stars going up against American All-Stars. I really think the event to watch will be the uh, fastest skater. There's a really uh, talented, speedy guys in there, including Jack Eichel, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Matthew Barzell, Chris Kreider, Anthony Duclair, Travis Konechny, and Quinn Hughes. So that should be uh, very entertaining, and I I would expect uh, McDavid to win that. Um, but you never know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. So skills tonight, the All Star Tournament takes place Saturday night. Uh, as always, you can follow along my viewing at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. That's it for today's show. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen this week. I very much appreciate the support and I hope you are enjoying the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Um, yeah, please tell someone in your life about the podcast. If they are Bruins fans, it would be great if, uh, yeah, we could get some more fellow spoke to be fans on board with the locked on Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the locked on podcast network, your favorite team every single day. I'll be watching some hockey this weekend. Uh, full disclosure. I am a fan of the Netflix show, the ranch, which is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. The final season dropped uh, today and I'll be watching that as well. Um, if you have any suggestions, shows, books to read, anything hit me up. I'm always up for some pop culture recommendations. Uh, so yeah, enjoy your weekend friends. Catch you again on Monday with an all-star recap and, um, looking forward to Bruins getting back in action next Friday in Winnipeg. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later.